Welcome everyone to another episode of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it's Tuesday, March the 23rd. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, match day 28. Tough loss for Roma there. We'll, we'll definitely dissect that, talk about that. Uh, we'll also talk about that huge upset, Benevento taking Juventus out. Juventus could get the hopes finished. Um, sorry, Juve fans. You got nothing but disappointment this year. We got Champions League quarterfinals, Europa League quarterfinals locked in. We know every club's potential path to the finals for both the Champions League and the Europa League. And Roberto Mancini calls up in Giuliano, in my eyes, an abysmal squad for their World Cup qualifiers. We're not happy about it. We think the squad sucks. We think there's a lot to uh, a lot of missed opportunities with some players. So we've put something special together for you. Uh, we've actually done our own roster of 23 players. So Giuliano has Giuliano's Italian team. Christian has Christian's Italian team. And uh, we'll also preview uh, their upcoming three games in World Cup qualifiers. Shouldn't be too much trouble. First things first, the battle between Parma and Genoa. Parma, again, blowing another lead. Fantastic bicycle kick by Graziano Pella. And Genoa, the man in the shades, brings his team back. What are your thoughts on this game? He does it again. Yeah. Keeps rescuing this team when they're in the most dire need. This was their first win in uh, around seven, eight games. So big victory for big time for Genoa. Parma, on the other hand, looked great. Graziano Pelle, he looked outstanding in this game. Again. Again. Two yeah. games, two great showings. Yeah, great bicycle kick, which you already mentioned. Uh, Parma overall looked great. The difference was Skamaka came on and he was a complete monster. Um, two nice finishes made all the difference and uh general walk away with his hip with his brace with a 2-1 win another difference for me in this game was a man i like to call Mattia perin fantastic game kept genoa in the game and skamaka bailed them out so yeah it was uh great individual performances here yeah Mattia perin we'll get to him i'm pretty sure we will surprisingly not in the azuri squad but any other standouts in this game zappa costa played well yeah the Genoa team, well-deserved win, in my opinion, and uh, have secured their status in City yeah, for next year. So let's focus on next year. Uh, it was a big win for them. Let's focus on the next game. Crotone, another blown lead. One half they show up, up 2 nothing on Bologna, and Bologna come out 3-2 victors. Yes. And what a second half by Bologna, I have to say. Yes, a tale of two halves. Uh, Crotone, they got to be disappointed because they've had legit chances now of coming out of relegation if they just put some of these performances together, turn them into wins. Uh, Cersei Kosami does have this team playing pretty good, but it always comes down to the goalkeeper and the defense, the lapse in judgment, the giveaways, the mistakes. Crotone just can't avoid these mistakes that they keep making. And uh, Bologna... Yeah, they just came out different animal in this yeah. game, and they three goals. Bato started on the wing again too, yeah. made a big impact. Yeah, uh, poor poor performance by Lucas Skorupski has a bad game. Yeah, I think uh, with their last title, 
of our last <laughs> podcast. I think we jinxed all the Polish goalies. Seriously. Because they all played pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it was one bad run for them. It's okay. They're all in a training camp for their World Cup qualifiers now, so hopefully they can get they got all the bad stuff out. And yeah, poor showing by Skorupski. Uh fumbling the ball a couple of times. He did make a big save. He made he one did, big save. Yeah, the big save there at the end there. Yeah. Yeah, that was big. Uh, Alex Cordaz on the other side. I don't know about this guy. He's 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 uh, he's not level-headed, and uh, he makes poor choices coming out of his box, um, going feet first in on a tackle. Um, I'm not a fan of this guy. This guy, to me, doesn't have the skill to stay in the first division. This guy is a is a city of B, city of C goalie, and uh, I think Crotona need to part ways with him at the end of the season. Yeah, the one standout player, Junior Messias, again, we've been saying all massive. season, massive, massive, playing again in the midfield role. Simi scoring another penalty. The yeah. amount of penalties Crotone have this season is pretty outstanding considering yeah. where they are in the standings. Uh, oddly enough, they're one of the teams with the most penalties in Serie A. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bologna making the difference in the second half. Rodrigo Balacio, another player uh, making a huge impact, linking that attack and play together, end up beating... Crotone in a big 3-2 win. So yep. it looks like Crotone, you got 10 games to turn it around. It does it's not over. look like it's going to happen. It's it's, re- it's really done now. Well, their chances were very slim about yeah. tur- with turning it around. Now it's there's no chance at Blow, all. Yeah, blowing two no leads. Uh, yeah, not good. In 45 minutes isn't good. Not good. Let's move on to the next game. Spezia getting back in the winner's column against Cagliari. Two to one victors. Big win for Spezia. They're getting closer and closer to securing Serie A status for next year. What do you think? I think uh, they were a bit fortunate this game to come out with the win, to be honest. I thought Cagliari played better. They had the better uh, expected goals. Cagliari should have scored at least two, three goals this game. Should have been a uh, at least a draw or a win. They definitely should feel hard done by the forwards again for Cagliari not getting the job done. So that's it's not looking good on there. And draw Pedro slowed down a, a bit. Leonardo Pavaletti not putting the ball in the back, and that maybe the way he should. Um, Marin having a great performance, but Nangolan bad performances in the midfield. But to bring some positive light on this, uh, Spezia Roberto Piccoli scores again, another goal, and uh, Giulio Maggiori, who actually made our team, he actually played pretty good this game. Nice, well, not a nice goal, but kind of a lucky goal yeah. miss hits it but it, it bounces off the ground and uh goes over cranio into the net top corner so ride in their luck a bit spezia but ultimately walk away with the win zot the goalkeeper fantastic performance by Zot. bring him up yeah bring him up yeah fantastic fantastic showing so now that he's got his feet wet he's gaining some confidence and he puts in a great performance for spezia uh better late than never to the show and uh He's probably going to be the number one going forward uh, for Spezia. On the other side, another goalkeeper called up for Italy. We don't know why. Alessio Cragno doesn't deserve to be there. Um, and Cagliari are sitting in the bottom three. Enough yeah. said about that. <laughs> Enough said about so, that. So, yeah, Cagliari is not looking too good. No. I think Torino's going to run away with it. Um, Inter Sassuolo was postponed for COVID-19 protocol. So let's move on to Verona. Dropping this game 2 nothing to Atalanta. Three losses in a row for Hellas Verona. Three losses in a row for Hellas Verona. But, uh, routine work for Atalanta. Securing top four status. It looks very, very likely now. Um, <laughs> Those favors aren't being done anymore. No, they're not. 
So, uh, yeah, Atlanta, routine win for them. Christian Romero, again, proving probably arguably the best center back in the league right now. Uh, he's been all season, it feels like. Uh, this team is just firing on all. Malinovsky, they're firing on all cylinders. Zapata. So it looks like they've bounced back from that exit from Real Madrid uh, in the Champions League. And uh, they're just going to go on and secure Champions League status for next year. That's the mission now. Yeah, it was a surprising uh, lineup change by Gasparini. He brought Golini back in that. He did. Had an outstanding performance. Switched away from his three-man defensive back line. He uh, yeah, switched it to four men Yeah, at the back. And not your typical wing backs either. Uh, Toloi was brought on to the right. Dijmisti on to the left, which one of the best players on the day was Dijmisti. He was a wall back there. So he had four, essentially four center backs covering the back uh Line. Yeah. So kind of an old school setup for the defense. Two uh, holding midfielders in front and Darun and Freuler, so not much change there. And then uh, he attacked with four players as opposed to, you know, three. Yeah. Uh get in the start, Pasina, Malinovsky, and Duvan Zapata. Uh, it definitely, I think, surprised this Hellas Verona team. And, uh, yeah, Atalanta walked away with a pretty easy win. Di Marco making an uh, error, getting a handball, a bit yeah. unlucky. Uh, with the way the ball fell in his hand there. Ultimately, yeah, Kevin Lasagna shooting blanks up front again. and uh, No surprise there. Yeah, not much else. They look really toothless uh, right now. Halas Verona, they got to turn it around. They do. Three losses in a row, like we already said. That's not good. Yeah. So, not Atalanta, good. on the other hand, it looks like they're pretty they're... much a shoe enough for the top four. It looks like it. Yeah. Looks like it. Um, let's move on to the next game. Udinese dropping this one to Lazio, losing one nothing. Uh, to me, Udinese was stubborn. I feel I think they felt a little hard done by this result. I think Lazio were very fortunate to walk away from this game with one nothing victory. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it should, probably should have ended in a draw. Yeah. Uh, De Paul by far the best player on the day. Uh, Rodrigo De Paul pulling the strings for Udine. But a uh, great team performance from Lazio. Yep. I mean, Pepperena played good. Stefan Radu. Yeah, Pepperena made some big saves. Yeah, he made some big, big saves. Radu, uh, great in yeah. the defensive position. Man of the match. Acerbi played well. Yeah, Acerbi played well. It was it was a good team display. No one really outstanding besides Radu and Pepperena. Yeah. Everyone did their job. You know, the forwards maybe could do a little bit better with Lazio. Adam Marusic had to get the goal. Chiro, again, not able to put it into yeah, the net. Yeah, he's... He's uh, funny enough. Hitting a wall. Funny enough, him and Balotti both hitting a wall as soon as international break comes, of course. Yeah, of course. That's the way it always goes for those two. But uh, Lazio, in the end, very much need a win against a stubborn Udine. This will do a lot to boost their confidence. Oh, yeah. They've been suffering ever since uh, the Bayern Munich draws. You know, it hasn't looked good since those two big losses. And uh, maybe it can be a turnaround in their season. Add some positivity. Big win for Lazio here. Udinese will be feel hard done, but at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people expected Udinese to get a result in this game. So good for them for holding the forward. And I would have thought Udinese could have got a result, but based on Lazio's form. So, you know, Lazio just took their chance. Let's move on to the next game. Sampdoria becoming victors in the win column for the first time in a very long time against Torino. Antonio Candreva scores the crucial goal, and just a solid, solid game. I mean, uh, Torino took it to them, but couldn't repeat. Couldn't. 
against uh, their midweek fixture, right? No, they couldn't. Couldn't keep the momentum going. Couldn't keep the momentum going. They 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 played the possession game. They had most of the they had the ball most of the time. Santorio just soaked in the pressure, but you know it's disappointing for to you for you to have control of pretty much the full game and not to register one shot on target. That that's pretty poor. Yeah, that's Andrea Bellotti and hitting a huge wall. <laughs> another, yeah, <laughs> another and, Italian uh, international. Sanabria not doing anything. Uh, Mandragora too got called up to the national team, not doing much. Yeah, very odd. Two Italian national players in this. I'm team telling here. you, we're not happy about this <laughs> team, guys. But uh, a positive to bring out of this game, like Candreva's goal. Yeah. Besides that, he really didn't do much. No. But uh, Gabbiadini is back. Not his first game back. He's already played a few games since he's been back. But he's been playing really good. Yeah, he's uh, making a difference up there. He is making a difference. He's had a goal already. Um, he's looking outstanding. So it's nice to see him back with that beautiful left foot he has. And Ojalo, too, on the goal. What an assist that was. That one-time yeah. just little left uh, left footer curl. Uh, Takandrevu just slaughtered in. It was such a beautiful pass by Ojalo. But, yeah, besides that, a kind of dull game, to be honest. Yeah. Torino not Torino is like they didn't realize they're in a relegation battle yet, these guys. Yeah. And uh Salvatore Sirigu again conceding. Another player called up to the international squad. <laughs> three three international <laughs> players in that Torino squad. Can you believe that? Uh, Can you believe that? Terrible. We're and, gonna get there. Anyway, to we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Let's move on to the next game. So congratulations, Sam Dori. Let's move on. Here we go. Surprise here in this fixture. I yeah. mean, not in the fixture, but recently, just breaking news anyway. Go for it. Prendelli resigns. Yeah. yeah. For uh, reasons outside of football. Reasons outside of football. And guess who's back? The man in the hat is coming back to finish the season. He's agreed. So Beppe Iacchini will be back on the sidelines for Fiorentina. So unfortunately for Cesare Prendelli, whatever it is, we wish him well and mm-hmm. uh, hope everything's okay. Uh, especially after a sudden uh, a sudden resignation like that. But uh, Beppe Iacchini, oh, man. I can see why Camiso's doing it. I mean, it's, it's a, a cheap option. It's a cheap option. There's 10 games left. He's already on the payroll. You're already paying him. You might as well bring him back. I think they must think they've secured safety for Syria next year. I don't know with this guy coming in now if that's going to help. The players, I can definitely tell you, aren't going to be happy to see him coming in. No, no they're going to be pissed off. Yeah. The way Vlahovic has been playing, yeah, you know, the, you're gonna see a totally different Fiorentina after the international break, which is gonna suck. Yeah, it, and a Fiorentina who, although not winning, have been playing a slightly they, they're better. They're getting better. The results aren't there, but yeah, they're getting they better put on the field. Two goals on Milan this weekend, right? Yeah. So let let's talk about the game. I mean, Fiorentina brought the game to Milan. Yeah, they were up at one point too. Up at one point, Zlatan opened up the scoring. Simon Kier again. This guy's outstanding. outstanding in the defensive uh, center back position for Milan. But Eric Pulgar, what a goal from yeah. the free kick. That was awesome. Yeah. Donnarumma cannot get to it. No. And he's mad about it. And it's, you know what? You have nobody to blame but yourself. You just couldn't get there. It was a great shot. And then after that free kick goal in the 40, sorry, 40, 51st minute, Ribéry, Frank, and Vlahovic combined for a beautiful yeah. goal. Caught, catching, yeah, Dorunuma flat-footed, but he just slots it in. Fiorentina running away, 2-1 uh, victors at that point. And then, and then six minutes later, Brahim Diaz ties it up at 2-2. Another, another assist from uh, 
Simon Kyer. So he got two assists in this yeah. game. Uh, so it's standing from him, and then Kalanoglu, and that was a game over. It. Slots it in. Yeah, three I mean, goal scorers. Latan back on the score sheet, Brahim Diaz and Hakan Chalanoglu. Yeah, 15 goals for Zlatan, and I think 15 appearances. He and gets he's his, back in the yeah, Swedish national team. He was actually crying in his interview, uh, yep. shed some tears there. Uh, Drakowski, like I said, we jinxed all the Polish goalkeepers. He got injured, got taken off yeah. for... Uh, for uh, Terracciano. Hopefully uh, he's okay. Yeah, hopefully he's good. But yeah, besides that, Milan showing character to get the comeback win here, to get two goals. But yeah. um, I don't know what to think of this performance. They were a bit... Um, this is the real Milan here. Yeah, I mean, Zlatan's, Zlatan's a big part of this Milan. He needs to be scoring goals. He needs to be involved. You know, it frees up Hakan Kalanoglu to do his job. But yeah, just something, something's missing in this team, yeah. big time. Big time. Anything you gotta say about Milan? No, no, no. no? Not no, impressed. I, I don't got much to say. About Didn't enjoy them. the game. No. 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 I don't think I enjoyed a lot of games this weekend. But this <laughs> game I did. Next game, Benevento, one nothing victors <laughs> over Juventus. This was big. Juve, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, what is going on? The funny thing before the game, Agnelli presents Ronaldo with a, a goat shirt. You know, lambs to the slaughter over here. Yeah, silence, silence of the goat over here. Yeah, he was uh, completely shut down again. Agnelli, you gotta give Montipo credit though in this game. Yeah, Montipo was outstanding. He was outstanding. Uh, I just like poking fun of it of uh, Agnelli. I think he's a he's a fun guy to poke fun at. Oh, but, for uh, sure. Benevento, they've picked up. Four points out of six against Juve. Just horrendous. Now Pirlo's on the chopping block. Yeah, he's got three games to prove his worth. Yeah, we said this. Just because it's Pirlo, and now he's, he's ruthless. Care. He doesn't care. He's given him three chances. His uh, replacements possibly are Spalletti, Simone Inzaghi, and the third one, Gasparini. According to reports, Agnelli blew up at Pirlo after the game. Uh, this team's just... Juve are going through a huge, huge mess right now. And it's the worst time to be going through this mess. You're supposed to be in the Scudetto race. You're not anymore. Uh, you're supposed to be in Champions League. You're not anymore. All you really have is the Coppa Italia. And that, for Juve, is utter failure. But for Pirlo, is it, you know, if he wins Coppa Italia, that's two trophies in one year. Is that... No. I know the bar is super high. Andrea Juve, is that Agnelli, a, is that that a is failure? Not, that is not good enough for Andrea Agnelli. Andrea all, the Agnelli Juve, all the Juve fans say the league doesn't matter anymore. Andrea Agnelli only cares about the league and the Champions League. And he can't win both. He can't win either this year. And uh, it's just it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Juve fans are probably hiding, putting their heads in the sand because this is... Embarrassing. Yeah. The, this uh, is embarrassing. You're supposed is, to be the is. pinnacle of Italian soccer, and you're not. Talk about throwing a guy under the bus, Agnelli. Yeah. You know, what did you expect hiring a rookie coach? Honest, I honestly don't know what he expected hiring a rookie coach. I don't know what. You know, we've, we even put a poll out, actually, on Twitter to see what where people felt the blame fell. And uh, it was actually split right down the middle between uh, – Agnelli, I mean not Agnelli, uh, Andrea Pirlo and uh, Fabio Paratici. They felt both of those guys were to blame. Paratici because of his signings. Yeah. Ramsey and now apparently going to go back to England and get him off the books. 
So those are that's where Juve fans feel the blame's falling on. Uh, so someone's gonna take the hit. Yeah. And it, Pirlo's obviously the easy replacement. Hundred percent. And uh, not looking too good for him in no. regards to the game. What did you think about the game? It was well, Juve dominated possession, tried to do everything they could. They threw, they threw everything they had at uh, Montipo. He he was better than all of them. He bettered he bettered every single chance they had. So. You got to give Montipo credit, and the one time you really need Ronaldo, this team lives and dies by how Cristiano Ronaldo plays, right? And he couldn't get the job done for you. Yeah, the the difference was an Artur giveaway passed the rate across his 18-yard box. How, when- how many times have they done that this year? They did that in the Porto tie? Yeah, the giveaways. And- it's, it's just a lack of concentration. Is it Juve's? I mean, is it Juve? Is, is it Pirlo's that? fault? You know, obviously there's there's something wrong in the defense. It, maybe it's the style. It's the clash. You don't have ball playing center backs. You keep trying to force it, maybe. It's hard to say. Pirlo is obviously part of the problem. Yeah. He doesn't have the team set up properly. I think this 4-4-2, it's too flat. There's not enough good passing angles created. I don't think he sets up the team properly that way. Uh, that's really hurting them. And uh, just a lot of players are not stepping up to the plate. Nope. In this UV squad, a lot of them are hiding behind Ronaldo. Yeah. So, big yeah. loss. Scudetto dreams look like they're possibly done for uh, Juve and Pirlo. And how many players from Juve were called up for the national team? Three: Chiellini, Bonucci, Dacuch, and, and Bernadeschi, uh, Chiesa. So Chiesa four, deserves four Juve play. players. Four Juve players. One of them only deserves it. But we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, so, let's move on to the final game of the week. It was a bad one. Napoli, 2 nothing victors over Roma. And uh, a lot of drama here going, circling around Roma. Let's talk about the game first, and then we'll talk about what happened. To me, I'll tell you right now, Roma didn't show up for this game. They... Showed up for 15 minutes after the second half where they could have got back into it and then they fell flat again. Napoli completely controlled this game. Flipped the switch off for the first 15 minutes in the second half but then turned it back on. Paul Lopez. Oh my God. The first goal was a beautiful goal by Dries Mertens. I'll give you that. You've changed your tune on that. No, 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 no. no. I haven't yet. I haven't explained. Okay, okay, okay. It's, it looks beautiful. It looks like it's a beautiful goal. In my opinion, from as a goalkeeper, there's no way that goal shouldn't have got should have gone in. Paulo Lopez has his wall set up to block the far post shot. That's usually what you do on a free kick. You stand in the near post. What did Dries Mertens do? He shot basically at Paulo Lopez on the near post on on Paulo Lopez's near post at his height, and he still couldn't stop the bloody ball. I can't stand this goalkeeper. I really can't. He is such trash. He's got to get off the pay books now. It's terrible. That totally deflates Roma. And this he's just a, a horrendous goalkeeper. Rodri Banez, okay performance, making a lot of mistakes back there, a lot of questionable passes, don't didn't know what he was doing. Uh the midfield, Pellegrini played a horrendous game. Diawara, horrendous game. 
Pedro, horrendous game. And Pedro getting pissed off that he got subbed out. You got subbed off because you sucked this game. Ed and Zeko, abysmal, abysmal. El Shadawi, not the greatest. The only guy that stood out to me, and that was only in the second half, was Leonardo Spinazzola. The second you started to play in the flank, and you were going to Spinazzola, he was shredding them. But there's nobody on the other on the other end of the ball to finish, because Ed Zeko can't score if he's two feet away from the net and it's wide open. He's done. He's washed up. <laughs> Get rid of him. Okay, okay, keep going. Okay. What about the other side? Napoli. Napoli. They just they wanted it more. They wanted it more. They played well. They're on a complete roll. And uh, Dries Mertens played really well. Lorenzo Insigne played really well. Piotr Zielinski played really well. Politano played really well. That top four up there is dangerous. One of, one of the best in Italy. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Defense. Mario Rui played well. Koulibaly was a rock. So was Maximovic. So was Heisaj, or however you want to call his name. And so was Ospina. Ospina stopped what he was called up, when he was called upon. Even yeah. in the in the deep mid, Fabian Ruiz and Diego Deme. Like Deme is outstanding. All around solid performance. If you're De Laurentiis and you you want you know Gattuso's not coming now, back. Now now he's begging for him to come back. Yeah, it's like well, what's going on? De Laurentiis, this guy. Now it's he's good. now he's begging for him to come back because Gattuso's, you know, yeah. maybe the pressure's off and he's like, well, okay, now everyone's playing. Uh, I, yeah, this is a team that struggles under pressure. Maybe yeah. that's what it has to do with. They bought in now, looking great. Going to be battling for the top four. Uh, yeah, they are. Atalanta still there. Napoli there. Lazio a bit no. off, but they could get back into it. But Roma, this Looks was like a massive over. loss. Looks like it's over. Another uh, loss to a top seven team. Yep. They've only beaten three teams in the top what, seven. seven in the last 22 matches. Yeah. So abysmal. My big question to you, so all over social media, in the in the media itself, Pellegrini coming out, speaking uh, back to uh, Fonseca. A lot of players upset with being subbed. It seems like the club is already, they're drawing up a short list as well for Fonseca, which yeah. I find ridiculous. I agree. The freaking group not backing their, their manager. Do you think that's the right call? Is Fonseca being thrown under the bus? And what were the expectations prior to the season? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a long, long-winded question. I'll give you a long-winded answer. Here's how I feel with this. Paolo Fonseca is not the problem. He could be part of the problem, but he's not the problem. The problem is look at the quality of players you have on this squad. This squad was not expected to finish top four at the start of the season. Everybody, even myself included, had them in around seventh. They were they would have been lucky to get into Europa League. Now look what they're doing. They're sitting in fifth place in a Europa League spot. They're in the quarterfinals for the Europa League. The only Italian team left, everyone. And uh, they're punt. In my opinion, they're punching above their weight. Look, we talked about this. Look at the players that have shined under Paolo Fonseca, Gianluca Mancini, Rodri Bagnes who's kind of fizzling out a little bit. Jordan Vertu, season of his life. Lorenzo Pellegrini, he's the captain now. Best season he's had. Henrik Mkhitaryan, fantastic season. Here's the problem, okay? You gave Paolo Fonseca a team, and Paolo Fonseca was not a Friedkin hire, he was a Palata hire. But basically, this guy inherited a team that was set up to fail. They were set up to fail. You have Ed and Zeko, 
who's your highest paid on your salary. And if you look up how much this guy makes a year, it's astronomical. Because Roma's guy, I think, the highest, one of the highest, if not the highest wage bill in the whole league. And Eden Zeko takes up a big chunk. So your biggest marquee player, all he has a show for this year is six goals. That's a problem. Who do you have that can come off the bench and relieve him? You have a guy that played at Levante and was third or fourth on the depth chart at Real Madrid in Borja Mayoral, who actually is punching above his weight. People also forget that we haven't played this whole season without our marquee player, Nicolo Zaniolo, who is coming back next year. We haven't had this stud in our lineup at all this season. So that's a big piece missing. You got all these guys coming off the book next year. Juan Jesus, thank God he's finally coming off the, the wage bill. Eden Zeko, he's got to go. All right? There's so many players. There's so much garbage that is sitting on the bench. Federico Fazio. Uh, as much as I want to see him play and earn a few dollars, I think he's not bad, but he's considered dead weight in Javier Pastore. This team it was heavily invested in its starting 11, and it's starting 11 to carry them. Chris Smalling hasn't played more than, what, 12, 12, 13 appearances this whole season because of injuries. He even missed a game from food poisoning. Like, this guy, this guy's been sitting on the bench because of health and fitness. Change your diet so it doesn't happen again and get your fitness level up. Let's go. Marash Kambula, young player. I have no doubt he's going to be a stud one day, but he needs time. And I've said that from the start of the season. This guy needs time to develop. So your short list uh, given by the freaking group for Roma, can you name them off? Yes. So there's, there's a short list. You have Mex Allegri, not a good choice. You have Maurizio Sarri, probably the best of the three, given the current situation. But I still wouldn't. And then you're going to – the other third guy is Nangelsmann. What does Nangelsmann want at RB Leipzig? No doubt. They're up there now competing with Bayern Munich. Has he won them anything? No. Yent. Nothing. Fraud. <laughs> Fraud. Until he wins something, until he wins something, that guy should not be on the short list. I'll tell you. You're basically, so what Roma's doing, what the press is doing, is they're throwing all the blame on Paolo Fonseca. Keep in mind, everyone, this guy wasn't even working. They were work, He was working with no sporting director until January by himself. Okay, Tiago Pinto didn't come in until January. And this guy has brought this team together, Has is using what he can. You don't have Zaniolo. You have all these injuries. It's a makeshift yeah. team. You're he, using the dead weight you have on the bench. And they're in fifth place. Yeah, he's, he's had this, the uh, cards stacked against him from the beginning. Even with from his management leaving. Yes, you know, from uh, the beginning. He's had his doubters. There's definitely there's a rift in the Roma there is. management. There is. There definitely is upper management. There's a big rift. A lot of people, I think, want to see the back of Fonseca. The coach is not the problem, Jules. I, I know. It's the management is the problem. It's the That's always been the problem it's the at management. Roma. It's the players. So I want to talk about this for a second, okay? So after the game, Sky Sports interviews Paulo Fonseca. Paulo Fonseca, this is the, nobody's ever seen the side. He was pissed off. He said the mentality wasn't there. We didn't we didn't show up to this game. It was it's ridiculous. Basically in a nutshell. Don't quote me word for word, but that's basically what he said. He was pissed off. And then Lorenzo Pellegrini after right after Fonseca has the audacity to go to the media 
And he says, well, I disagree with the coach. I think we showed up to play. You didn't show up to play. You played abysmal. You guys came in scared, and you played scared. You played like this game was over. Yeah, coming from your captain, it's that's terrible. Disrespectful. You do not do that in the media. You have a problem with Paulo Fonseca, or you have a problem with the coach, you settle it behind closed doors. That is what a leader does. And I understand you're only 24 years old. It's going to be growing pains. But guess what? There was always a rift between Totti and Spalletti. But did Totti come out right after a game and call out Spalletti? Never, because a leader doesn't do that. Steven Gerrard at Liverpool, I'm sure he had his he had his run-ins with Rafa Benitez and, and, and guys and coaches through his career. Did you ever see him call out his coach in the media after a game? Never. They always settle it behind closed doors. That is a big learning experience. And on now, the Roma media, who's all who's pretty much as bad as the Toronto Maple Leafs media, that write reports on what the players eat for lunch and stuff, like that's how crazy the media is, are eating this up. Changing the coach is going to put the blanket over the problem. Here's the problem. You don't have the players. You got a lot of salary on dead weight that you need to get rid of. And that that's the problem. The coach is a very, very small problem. There's things tactically that, yes, it frustrates me a little bit. But at the end of the day, like was it's already not said, him. he's made a lot of players better this season. He has. A lot. And this is why the Friedkin group needs to come out, needs to support him, and you got to stay with him. And squash these rumors. you got to stay with this guy. Because Max Allegri is not going to turn this Roma team around. Max Allegri will only turn a team around if you give him a clean slate, you give him three years, and you give him unlimited funds. Which the Friedkin group can't do. Because Roma's in financial trouble. They're getting rid of their debts and everything like that. Maurizio Sadi of the three is probably... It's a lateral move. Paolo Fonseca is going to get this team into the top four if you run with him. I don't think he's going to win Roma Scudetto. But when you get this Roma team and you build it to that level and then the to the point where the expectation comes to Scudetto, that's when a guy like Max Allegri comes in. All so right. Keep my, Fonseca. Keep Fonseca. And this, la- I'll just, this last thing. You want to know what the killing, the funny thing is that's killing me about this? There's a report out there, look it up, that Napoli are considering suitors for Gattuso as much as De Laurentiis now wants Gattuso to stay. Do you know who's on that short list? Paolo Fonseca is on that short list. What does that tell you? He's a good coach. Yeah. And guess what? This Roma team's in the quarterfinal of the Europa League, the only Italian team left. We're going to talk about it very soon, but they got the hardest path, and hey, they might bring some glory to Italy. So don't count this guy out. Don't fire him. Please let this guy ride it out and give him another year or two. The guy deserves it. So just to wrap up City yeah, some more kind of breaking news. Lazio looking to Samarici. Kind of been a bust uh, this season. And there's rumors of Conte leaving uh, Inter after the season, heading to England, Manchester United. He's or, being linked with. Or Tottenham. Or Tottenham. Simply for the fact that if Inter cannot provide him with the funds to buy new players, he'll move on. Yeah. I mean, as an Inter fan, if they do win the Scudetto and that was to happen, I'd be very, very disappointed because you hope you don't go another decade without winning a Scudetto. Yeah. But that's pretty much the breaking news in Serie A. Let's move on to the European stage. The draw was completed on Friday. Champions League groups have been set. 
Uh, some, the quarterfinals, yep. Yeah, some very interesting matchups here. We'll start with Bayern Munich and Italy's last hope in Champions League, <laughs> Betty Saint-Germain. With yeah. uh, the three Italian internationals there. Yeah, this is uh this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, this would be an interesting test for for both teams, especially Bayern Munich, I think haven't really had to come out of first gear yet this season. So nope. they'll, they'll be uh pushed and Petit Saint Germain. We'll see uh if they can continue their their Yeah, run. it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, uh I don't know who to t- who to touch in this or who to take in this uh, in this tie here? It's 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 tough. Uh, it's going to be a spur of the moment kind of thing when we get back into the Champions League. Uh, it's not going to be a walk in the park for Bayern Munich. I'll tell you that much. No, it'll be one of their more harder tests. The other matchup, the very hard to beat Manchester City going up against Borussia Dortmund. This will be interesting too. With I Pat- wouldn't count Dortmund out. Yeah, Dortmund. They have they do have a chance with Holland, especially. Going against his father's former team. That's so right. there's a bit of a history there. Pep Guardiola, always known for self-destructing. They are playing for a quadruple right now. Uh, Man City, so huge tie for them. Yeah. And then they go to either play Bayern or PSG. So yeah, it's, it's a very not hard an easy path. path. It's uh, not an easy path. But this is the cream of the crop. This is the hardest tournament, in my opinion, to win on the planet. So. Exactly. And then, um, we go, and then the next matchup, it's a repeat of... The Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Was... Yeah, this will be interesting. But both teams not looking good right now in uh, on domestic leagues. But uh, it's still going to be a nail-biter. It's it going to be a be. tough game. It will be. Just because yeah. of the stories there, Salah, yeah. Sergio Ramos, there's a bit of bad blood in Liverpool. Oh, for sure. Liverpool want that revenge. For sure. And then Porto. The upsetters here against uh, Chelsea, who yeah. are my favorites for the yeah. competition. Chelsea's my dark horse here. Going to be an interesting game. I, the Chelsea players apparently laughing and mocking at getting drawn to Porto, yeah. thinking it might be an easy matchup. Don't count these guys out. Yeah, they're Fu- a great team. Futre is part of the Porto uh, backroom staff. When he heard those rumors uh, of being disrespected, he was very, very frustrated and uh, is saying Porto is going to go out and beat these guys. So yeah, watch out. A lot of bad blood. So storylines behind every tie actually. So it's gonna be a very great Champions League quarterfinals. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Now let's move on to the Europa League. In this quarterfinal matchup we have my dark horses are still yes. in. I thought it would have been over for them after the we, coach I think went we to both jail. did but my God guys if you guys didn't see the highlights of that uh Dinamo Zagreb Tottenham game wow Mislav Orsic scoring the nicest hat trick I've ever seen in my life. He Holy was uh, outstanding, yeah. outstanding. Meyer too, and that team, the number ten, such a great team, so yeah. much great talent. I've been talking about these guys forever. They've impressed me so much. I th- like I said, I thought they were going to be in trouble after their coach, uh, that debacle there. Oh, everybody did. And they right? lost the entire backroom staff went, and they've just turned it around. And what a game that was against Tottenham! What a yeah. game. And anyway, they've been drawn now with Villarreal. Going to be a tough uh, matchup against the Spanish team. But it will be. Anything can happen. Them yeah. now. We all know how the Spanish teams perform in Europa League, right? Yeah. This is their tournament. But if they can build off that Tottenham win, yeah, they have a lot of belief right now. Absolutely. The next match, Arsenal after beating Olympiacos go against Slavia Prague, who beat the Rangers. It'll be tricky. It'll be tricky for Arsenal. It's not going to be. No- I think Slavia Prague is going to be more difficult than Olympiacos. Yeah, there's there's some rumblings of Slavia Prague. Uh, the Rangers are trying to get them kicked out of the tournament for some <laughs> racial uh, comments Jesus. thrown 
It was a fiery game, the second leg. It was. Against the Czech and Scottish teams, respectively. Who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But right now, Arsenal, Slavia, Prague have yeah. been drawn against each other. Uh, the other matchup is Granada, who went through Molde, through Norway, against Manchester, who knocked out AC Milan. Yeah. Um, this will be a tough one. It will be a tough one. Milan, it's tough to see the City A team go. Probably deserved a little bit more. Eh. But, man, you get in the the better of them over the uh, two legs. They did. So we got a Spanish-English matchup there, Man U versus Granada. Then we have Ajax just steamrolled over the young boys. Yeah. Roma's uh, partner there in the groups. And now Ajax, Roma, the last tie. So It's a tough one, guys. It's a tough one. With the mess that's happening right now in Roma, this is the worst time to create all this drama. It's crazy. Yeah. This team's got to unite and this team's got to make a run because you're going to need everything in your – you're going to need to throw everything at this Ajax team. Yeah, and Rome, Rome's representing Italy now. So. Yeah. We're holding the Italian flag. Yeah, we got to hope and uh, hope they do well. Yeah. Get through Ajax. Listen, and then... if Atalanta can do it, Roma can do it. <laughs> All right? We can do it. And, the, you know, it's not an easy path because the winner of the Ajax-Roma tie will play the winner of the Manchester United-Granada tie. So let's just pick our final predictions right now. Who do we think is going to make the finals for Champions League first and then Europa League? Just for some fun here. Okay. Who's going into the Champions League final? Oh, that's a tough one. Why don't you tell me who you think is going to go to the Champions League final first? I think it's going to be a Chelsea-Bayern Munich final. Okay. And I think Chelsea's going to win it. I think Tuchel is going to beat Hansi Flick and win the Champions League. I don't think Bayern's going to do the repeat. I think I think we're going to see an all-English final. I think Pep's going to finally get to the final hurdle, and then he's going to fall. <laughs> So I think Chelsea and uh, Manchester City are going to make the final. All right. And uh, I think Chelsea is going to win. I, I like Chelsea. They we're look really good. For, we're both going for Chelsea. Yeah. All right. And in Europa League, I'm going to – know what? I'm just going to stick with my boys because if they beat Tottenham, they should be able to beat every side in the last uh, – you know, on their side of the yeah. bracket here. So I'm going to pick Dynamo, Dynamo Zagreb in the final against Man U, of course. So I'm going to pick Man U. Yeah. And Dinamo's going to win. Dinamo's going to win the whole thing? I'm going to stick with them right to the end. Well, guys, well, everybody, this is what I'm going to pick. Going with my heart. We're <laughs> gonna, going to the gonna final. Going to need the favors. We're go- No, no, no. <laughs> We're going to the final. This is it. This is what gets us in the Champions League next year. We're going to the final, and we're going to play Arsenal in the final. So Roma-Arsenal in the final, and we're going to beat them. That's what's going to happen. And then everybody's going to shut their mouths about Paulo Fonseca. Because this guy will have won them a Europa League trophy. No, in Roma, they'll probably sack him. I swear to God, if they do, I'll be knocking on Freakin's door. Fly <laughs> me over to Rome. <laughs> All right. So that sums up uh, Europa League, Champions League. Now let's talk international football. Let's talk World Cup qualifiers. Let's talk about how crap this Italy <laughs> squad is that Roberto Mancini called up. I'm pretty pissed off about it. I'm, I'm surprised because going into the Euros... Italy, to me, was one of the favorites to win. Yeah. And then now they – it looks like a completely different team. It does. What, what difference – you know, it's crazy what a year does, you know, the makeup of this team. I think he's trying to stick with what he knows, and he's trying to build some momentum, and uh, it, this is totally the wrong way. In my opinion, if you're a coach for an international team or a national team and you're playing international football, 
you have to call the best players from that country and not call people based on merit. And yeah, I'm talking about Giorgio Chiellini shouldn't be there. That Chooch Bonucci. Well, before we be go there. through, I'm gonna we'll read out. We'll read out <sighs> by. But, but everybody, people know this. It's the same squad. Read it out. Go ahead. So the goalkeeper positions, he ended oh. up he ended up bringing four. Oh, Sirigu, Donnarumma, Cranio, Alex Meret. No, I disagree. Defense, Il Capitano, Giorgio Chiellini. I disagree. <laughs> Leonardo Bonucci. One disagree. second. One second. Alessandro Florenzi, Palmieri, Acerbi, Spinazzoli, Beraghi, Di Lorenzo, Mancini, Bastoni, Manuel Lazzari, Gianmarco Ferrari from Sassuolo, Rafael Toloi from Atalanta. He's getting his first call-up. Uh, the Brazilian, born Brazilian, has an Italian passport. Honored to be wearing the Azzurri shirt. Uh, in the midfield, we got Marco Varati, Nicolo Barella, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Roberto Soriano, Manuel Locatelli, Stefano Senzi. Gaetano Castrovilli, Rolando Mandragora, Matteo Pessina, Matteo Ricci from Spezia getting his first call up. And then, kind of underwhelming oh. here, the forwards Ciro Immobile, Lorenzo Insigne, Andrea Bellotti, Stefan Alcerawi, Federico Bernardeschi, Federico Chiesa, Domenico Berardi, Moise Keane, Vincenzo Grifo, and Ciccio Caputo. So two guys get in their city at call-ups, whether they're going to get their debuts or not, we don't know. don't think so. It's a pretty big and bloated squad. Yeah. Well, you can only have 23 for each game, so they're going to have to narrow it down. What do we think? I know you already kind of shared your feelings. It sucks. It sucks. Why? I guess familiarity, that's why he's going with the, the you know these it call-ups. It sucks. Look, how many players do you have in the bottom half of the table? I know. You have a like goalkeeper. we said, Torino. Torino has three players. You alone have in a here. goalkeeper that's team is in 18th place. Okay, there you have, are you other, have two. You have two goalkeepers in a relegation. You have two re- goalkeepers in a relegation battle. One goalkeeper that splits time at Napoli. The only guy is Donnarumma, which I know is going to sound crazy here. I'm going to say right now, Donnarumma for me should not be a shoe in for the nope. starting goalkeeping role. Nope. I think he's great, full of potential still. Obviously, one of the best performing City A goalies. All I'm just getting at is is he should not be a guaranteed starter week in, week out, because I feel there are Italian goalies currently that are playing a lot at, at par with him. Better. Better or at par, I think. So he shouldn't, you know, he probably is the best goalie, but... You got to give respect to these other goalies, I think. Yeah. Not the ones listed here, but I think there are some better ones. We're going to get into our own personal squads, 23-man squads. Let's move on from the goalkeeper to the defense. You've already said Chiellini, Bonucci don't belong. Nope. What's going on with some of some of these uh, other call-ups? Baraghi, I don't understand. Uh, Di Lorenzo. Really? You don't like Baraghi? I like Baraghi, but... I know, I know who you like. I know, listen. I like Biragi, but what has he done at Fiorentina this year? Nothing. He's done nothing. It is a weakness in the Italian squad, the left back. Our wing backs are Italy's weakest positions. I beg to differ because there's some really good pieces there on the left side especially. But uh, Biragi, I don't get it. Lazzari, okay. Gianmarco Ferrari, I don't know. Just with the way Sassuolo's been, defensively, that's the worst part of their game. 
and yeah, no, think- and there's defenders out there, Jules, that that are playing a lot better. I doubt he's even going to get. It. He's there just for the training camp, I think. But but there's guys out yeah, there that should, should get a look at the training camp. There's, I think so too. There's other guys out. Some there. younger talent. Yeah. That's uh, mind that's, you. Yeah, there's a guy. I agree. There's a guy up in the UK on a team that's top five in the Premier League, and he doesn't even get it. And he a doesn't mention. even get a call up. Not and even a mention. I'm talking about Angelo Ogbonna, everybody. Yeah. What Angelo a joke. Bona. You'll call up Emerson Palmieri, who's played two games for Chelsea, but you won't call up Angelo Bona, who's been a rock for West Ham United. That I don't understand. And he sticks with two injury-prone center backs. From, two injury-prone uh, center backs that have are clowns. Done. And they suck. And <laughs> they've proven that they suck when they don't get the favors from the refs. And I'm talking about Bonucci and Chiellini. And Giorgio Chiellini, what has he played this season? Yeah, he's coming off an ACL injury. It doesn't matter. What has he played this season? He hasn't played too many games. Uh, inconsistent injuries in and out of the squad. Yeah. And then you got this Chooch. Bonucci, same thing. Injury after garbage. injury. Garbage. Just utter garbage. Okay? That's utter garbage. My my only problem with this, and I've said it. We knew who we know who the center backs are going to be. We've had, we've had, I'm just going to, you know, maybe exaggerate a bit here. But we've had 10 years of Chiellini and Bonucci. And I just won. think it's time to move on. They've won nothing. I just think it's t- time to move on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a bit disappointed with Mancini bringing them both back. I think there's younger talent there that has to be Going given a chance. Going down the same rabbit hole, Jules. That, that's what I don't like. Yeah. We're seeing faces being brought back into the squad that probably don't deserve to be here. Uh, how about the mids? The mids? Okay. Senzi, I don't get. I'm sorry. Castro I don't Vili, get it either. You I don't, don't have to get. apologize. Castrovilli, I don't get. Mandragora, I don't get. <laughs> that I don't understand. Matteo Ricci, they're going to look at him. He's been playing consistent for Spezia. Yeah. He won't get a minute. No. He's there for the camp. And I think Pessina's the same way. Uh, it's a surprising absences, though. Yeah. Jorginho, Jorginho dropped. Like, why? The guy is the anchor for Chelsea. Are you crazy? He's probably the best midfielder right now. And, but the one guy I'll tell you right now that I, he didn't make my 23, but the guy I'm happy to see back in the squad is Roberto Soriano. The guy deserves it. Yeah, so he's, congratulations. He's probably one of our best true number 10s. Yeah. Because I say that as true because he's the only one that plays in that number 10 spot. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, the midfield. <sighs> when Giorgino Barella and Verratti have been the best midfielder. You know, Trident. We were, you know, people were saying in Europe at th- one point. I think and they he breaks think, them up. I think Mancini thinks Locatelli's going to fill that gap. And hey, he's very, he's very good at filling that gap, but he's no Jorginho. Yeah, unless Jorginho has a an injury that I didn't read somewhere. I mean, I'm surprised he's not here. So that's that's or our, maybe maybe it's because they're from the UK. Yeah, maybe COVID. You know, yeah, could be. But Palmetti's there, so oh yeah, that clown's there. Um, Forget it then. And then to this starting uh, lineup here oh. of forwards. Sorry, not the starting lineup. This this <laughs> group of forwards Jules, here. I, gotta, I don't even know what to call I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question. What happened? What happened to our forwards? Ten forwards here. What happened to the Italian forwards? What happened to the Luca Tonis, Christian Vieri's, Alessandro Del Piero's, Francesco Totti's, Vincenzo Montella's, Marco Del Vecchio's? Who am I missing here? People in Zaghi, Gianfranco Zola. What happened to those guys? Salvatore Scolacci. What happened? I don't know what happened. What to happened? To me, in my personal opinion, what's happened? What happened? 
modern day football happen. I think modern day football has sucked the talent and imagination out of players so hard. I think I think players are overcoached these days. And on top of it, players don't like coaches don't like players that play with imagination anymore. Players that are gonna, you know, take on a guy to dribble. You know, like what Ronaldo phenomenal did. The real Ronaldo. The best Ronaldo. The best the Ronaldo way the way ever. he the way he could beat a player. The way he could run past someone. They don't like that. They don't like Baggio's. They don't like Del Piero's anymore. They don't like that is they don't crazy. like Cassano's Totti's. They didn't like Totti's towards the end of his career. Yep. You know, and that was how long ago? Not long. He's the most recent, I'd say, number 10 to retire. You know, even look at. He's probably the last number 10. Even outside of Italy. You know, Mezzarozzo, we bring it back. You know, I that's my personal opinion. I think the game has just changed. It's They're looking for athletes, runners. Guys that are better positionally and secondary comes the footballing skill and technique. And physicality. And physicality thrown there too. I just think the game's changed. Yeah. The game has completely changed. As long you, as you can run, you're good. Yeah. If, if you look if you look at <laughs> if you look at Italy's Sounds like they're going down the old Canada rabbit hole. If if you look at uh the upcoming talent, who you know, who's excelled, who's been the next you know it's been Bernadeschi was supposed to be one of the upcoming talents. He's still pretty Maybe. decent, but he, he was never a no. technical player. No. But RD, too, more technical, but still. He was basically about his speed. Now that he's slowed down, he's turned more technical, but, but RD was one of those players. And then you throw uh, recently Zaniolo. Zaniolo, to me, is not... He's got good technique, but we he's another... He's, he's another like when he comes back. Yeah, we don't know. Two knee injuries, but he... Yeah. He was kind of a freak of nature for someone at his young age. Fast, strong. Yeah. Those were the things that stood out. To me, his technical ability didn't really stand out. It was it's good, but he's more of an athlete first. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I see. You know, guys like uh the last generation of player that was kind of played with imagination, it's kind of Insignia was the last one. And yeah. you see, he can't play behind the no the strikers. They push him out to the wing. Because yeah. that's where you're going to get more space now these days. And it's kind of, you know, if Insigne played 15 years ago, I think it'd be, we'd be talking about him in higher regard. For sure. But he was just born in the wrong era. I just think it's the modern game. Long story for the long answer. but So basically it tells us that our forwards here are garbage. Yeah, everyone wants to be a Kevin Lasagna now. All about speed. <laughs> <laughs> and look where that gets you. Alice Verona. What's so what do we think about these forwards? Like Chiesa is uh, another one. All about speed. He's good. Got his technical ass yeah, side of him. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't call first. Chiesa as a forward. He's more of a wide mid. Domenico Berardi, I get. Moise Kane, I get. Vincenzo Grifo, everybody. If you guys don't know who he is because he plays on Freiburg in Germany, he is lighting it up in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. So check out this guy. He's a good player. But yeah, Cheetos hit a wall. Bellotti's hit a wall. And that's going to be our one-two, of course. No one else is going to get a chance. I don't think Bernadeschi's going to see a minute. I, I can't believe Bernadeschi got called up. I can't believe El Shirabi got called up. What are you going to do? I can't believe Caputo got called up, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know what, though? I understand that because realistically, there's he's, no one there. Yeah. There's no one there. There's no one there. And he's the only guy. He's the only striker on this on this forwards list that can hold up the ball, if anything. Yeah. So I understand that. Yeah. So you want to give our starting lineups? Let's go. Name your 23. You do the honors first. Okay. 
You want to go through the whole 23? You want to go... I want to name the whole 23. You want to go just name it all? I want to name it all. So I want to know your I want to know your starting lineup. Yeah. Your bench players. And then I want to know who is... They're all going to be on my bench. And I want to know who is just on the brink of making your... Okay, okay, okay. So I'll go first. So here are my... And and this 23 is based on if a tournament was to start next week. Yeah. Regardless of injuries, regardless of everything. Correct? Absolutely. So here are my three goalkeepers. John Luigi Donnarumma, obviously. You have to. Um, ready for number two? Shouldn't be a surprise. Mattia Perin from Genoa. Solid season. Deserves to be there. Another guy that deserves to be there. Emilio Darrow. Those are my three. On the brink, I have Pierluigi Golini from Atalanta, who's had a phenomenal season for Atalanta. Those are my goalkeepers. And guess what? They're all better than Sidigu, <laughs> Meret, and Cranio. So you only you only have you only have one goalie from the actual call. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I'm a goalkeeper specialist, everybody. I know what to look for. Um Let's all right. see your defense. Okay. My two left backs. No surprise here. Leonardo Spinazzola. Starting. Uh, we'll get to the starting eleven. <laughs> My other left back is DiMarco from Hellas Verona. I'm going to give him a chance. I think he's better than Cristiano Biraghi and Emerson Palmieri. Hands down. And it's got a lot of potential. Here are my four center backs. No surprise. There's no Chiellini or Chucho Bonucci. Chooch. Uh, Angelo Ogbonna from West Ham. Alessandro Bastoni from Inter. Gianluca Mancini from Roma. And yes, he's had a phenomenal season. The next Marco Materazzi, everybody. And Francesco Acerbi from Lazio. His idol, actually. Materazzi. That's the next Materazzi. Trust me. Also being linked with the move to Manchester United for 30 mil, everybody. Gianluca Mancini. Remember that name. No, in Roma, they're going to sell him. I know. Don't say that. My two right backs. I'm going to go to my man, Alessandro Florenzi from (laughs) PSG. Sorry. Florenzi. Sorry. Uh, From PSG. My other right back is Giovanni Di Lorenzo from Napoli. Here are my four center mids. Jorginho from Chelsea, no surprise there. Barella from Inter, no surprise there. Verratti from PSG, no surprise there. And Locatelli from Sassuolo, no surprise there. I don't have room for any other midfields. And yeah, I don't have room for Lorenzo Pellegrini. What? I can be partial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left mids. That the whole you got two Roma players on the defense, so we're screwed there. But go. <laughs> One Roma. Oh, hold on. You haven't told you my starting eleven yet. Left mid. My two left mids. Lorenzo Insigne and Vincenzo Grifo. No surprise there. Those guys are phenomenal. Vincenzo Grifo would be coming off the bench. He can play a little further back than Insigne. Fantastic player, everybody. Uh, my two right mids. No surprise here. Domenico Berardi and Federico Chiesa. The only Juve player that deserves to be there. Federico Chiesa. Great season, kid. Keep it up. My four forwards to finish the 23. Moise Ken from PSG. I have to bring Andrea Balotti, even though he's hit a wall. I have to bring Ciro Immobile, even though he's hit a wall. And I have to bring Chicho Caputo because I don't have a choice. <laughs> if I was bold, if I was bold, I'd bring Graziano Pelle back just on the two games he's had. And Ed there. No, 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 no. Never, never. Now, so who's your starting lineup? Starting Bring them up quick. Starting lineup. What's your formation? Four five one. Okay. Four five one. So a Napoli, a Napoli style. Four okay. two deep mids, three attacking mids, and a forward up top. Nice. My starting goalkeeper is going to be Mattia Perin. My left back is going to be Leonardo Spinazzola. 
Uh, my center backs are going to be Acerbi Bastoni, and my right back is going to be Florenzi. My two center mids are going to be Jorginho and Barella, and my attacking my attacking midfields up top are going to be Lorenzo Insigne on the left side, Domenico Berardi on the right side, and I'm going to bring this guy back to his original position, Andrea Balotti, sitting behind the forward. And my starting striker, I don't have a choice, is going to be Ciro Immobile. <laughs> there's my starting 11, everybody, and there's my 23. Feel free to comment and tell me how garbage you think it is, but it really isn't. Giuliano. Yeah, so... Tell me your 23. I'll bring him out quick. My goalkeepers, I have Daruma uh, Perin. I'm bringing in Cranio for me. Schief. I think he's good enough. I had on the outside Adero and Golini. Okay. So okay. it was a... He's my third anyway. He's not seen a minute. My uh, defensive core, it's going to be uh, Di Marco. I have on the left side Biragi, on the left side Bastoni, Gianluca Mancini, Echerbi, and I have a big surprise here in Gabbia from AC Milan. That's surprising. I think he's uh, a legit player. I think he's great and deserves a call-up. If it wasn't for injuries, I think he would have been called up by Mancini. On the right side, I have Calabria and a surprise here from the Bundesliga. Probably not a lot of people know from Augsburg, Daniel Calajuri. That is a phenomenal pick there. He is having nobody knows Daniel Calajuri, which is crazy. Yeah, he's outstanding. Anybody from who you know who follows the Azuri, you don't know about him. Follow this guy. He's a great player. Why he's being overlooked by Mancini, I don't know. He could play right mid, right back, right wing back, he right attacking mid. He could play anywhere on the right side. Exactly, guys. Energy for days. He'd be such a good piece. Exactly, because he does a lot of things. No player in the in the squad does. I was called up. My midfield uh, unit is Verratti, Jorginho, Pellegrini, Barella, Locatelli, and Soriano. Okay. My forwards, I'm going with uh, Grifo, Chiesa, Ciro, Berardi, Bellotti, and Insigne. So my starting lineup, I'm going to stick with a 4-3-3 because Mancini, my starting lineup would uh, it'd be a flip of the coin for Donnarumma and Peren. To be honest, like I said, I don't think Donnarumma should be a guaranteed starter. I think Peren... Peren's better. I think he's good enough to be a starter too for Italy. So I, want to see, I would love to see them battle it out. Uh, my starting left back would be Di Marco. My starting center back pair actually would be... And I think it's time to bring in a new generation of player, Alessandro Bastoni yep. and Gianluca Mancini. I believe. I like that. I believe That's the future, future right there. You have, why I pair them together, Mancini is rough, can make a tackle. He's an aerial presence. And you have Bastoni, who's the more elegant ball passer. It's true. They complement each other. And I think that's what you need back there. Uh, my start and right back would be Calabria. Um It'd be it it could either be Calabria or Calajuri. It'd be a flip of a coin for me, but uh, depending on who your opponent would be. But I have Calabria there right now. My uh, starting mids would be without a doubt Verratti. I think he's our best technical midfielder. I'd have Jorginho because he's one of the best ball retention players, and Pellegrini because I just think he's a great. He's a he can play that number ten and he can play in the center mid. I think he's very versatile, can score goals, which not a lot of players in the Italian squad can do. Um, so I'd have Pellegrini in there. And then my forwards, I'd start with uh, Insigne on the left. I just, I love what he does. I just wish he could be more consistent. I'd have Bellotti actually started over Ciro Immobile. I think Bellotti is just a better striker overall, provides more than just scoring goals. And uh, I think our best attacking talent right now in Italy, Berardi, I'd start on the right okay. side. So that would be my starting lineup. So different. It's different, yeah. Different. See, 
different. I don't know where Alberto Mancini's getting his information from. But we're but we're gonna go see Bernadeschi up top. And yeah, then. what a joke. What a joke. But that's the and Italy Chiellini, team. And Chiellini and Bonucci. <sighs> we're stuck with them, man. We're stuck with them. That uh, so basically that's uh, the Italian our Italian teams. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure you do. Uh, Italy has three games uh, this coming little week in a bit uh, on the international break. They're all World Cup qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, first game is on Thursday, March the 25th. It is a tough game. It's against Northern Ireland. They are a very stubborn team to play against. Uh, after that, they move on to Sunday, which is always been, it seems, a bogey team for Italy. They always have trouble. And I'm talking about Italy and Bulgaria. Bulgaria, for some reason, always And we're, and gives, we're going there. And yeah. We're going to Bulgaria. Italy always... Always has trouble against Bulgaria. And then we finish off this round of World Cup qualifiers uh, against Lithuania. In the Baltics. So, so, realistically, they should win all three games. We should control this group. Should go 3-0. and Should go 3-0. and Even with this squad, we should go 3-0. and But we know it's Italy, so... They're going to make it hard for us. They're going to make it hard. But knowing <laughs> the embarrassment that happened in 2018 and not being there... That's got to fire these guys up. I expect to see Italy three wins, zero draws, zero losses in this run. Three wins right off the bat. What do you think? No, I agree. I expect the same thing. I expect... Hit the ground running. Yeah, you have to. If Ciro and Bolotti don't get at least three goals yeah. between these three teams... you got to really consider them now. You know, no disrespect Reconsider. to Lithuania. Bulgaria, too, has been... <laughs> Italy should be a top ten. Without they should a doubt. Be. Italy was one of the favorites going into the Euro. So yeah. they better go in this group undefeated, yeah. win every game. They should beat Northern Ireland, even if it's one nothing. But Bulgaria and Lithuania, I want to see three-plus goals in that yeah. game. And I want to see our strikers friggin' do something for once. Um, But besides that, do you want to talk about anything else? Yeah. Just bring this up, and I think that's it, right? Yeah. I want to talk about this, okay, guys? I want to talk about Canada now. Canada right now, the under-23 team is going through Olympic qualifying. Tough tournament. Uh, only two spots available. And you know you're going to be basically competing with Mexico and U.S. for a spot in the Olympics for the men's uh, soccer tournament. And they're also going through the first round of World Cup qualifiers this week. Uh, they take on Bermuda, and then they take on the Cayman Islands. Should be routine wins when you have the likes of Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David and Milan Borian, you have all these guys in the squad. So I have no doubt that Canada is going to win the game against Bermuda and the game against Cayman Islands. I just don't know if they're going to make it difficult for themselves because that's how Canada is. Realistically, this should be a walk in the park for us. So that's all I'm going to say about that. What I do want to talk about is that game last night in the Olympic qualifying. The Canadian under-23 men's team, everybody, tied Haiti 0-0. They didn't score. They're in the group. They're going up. They're with El Salvador, uh, who they beat to nothing. Haiti, and I forget what the third team Honduras. is. Honduras. Yeah, Honduras. So, <laughs> oh my God. So, Canada, in my opinion, should be there. Should be no. It should be a no-brainer here. So you got to play Honduras now, okay? To get into the semifinals. Okay. Who's, who's been the best team? Yeah. And then you're either going to play the States or Mexico, realistically, right? Mm-hmm. On the other side. And the winner goes into the Olympics. 
That is a tough path. And if you're tying Haiti, you got big problems. But here's my big problem with this. I want to talk about one player, okay? This is what I don't get about the Canadian men's under-23 team. When you take one step forward, you take three, step back, three steps backwards, okay? And this is the anti-European player call-ups, if you will. Because in my opinion right now, Europe is the place to be. And if you've made it in Europe, you've made it. And uh, we're going to go deeper into that uh, down the road in a couple of podcasts. But I want to talk about the here and now. Your goalkeepers are James Pentemis, Matthew Noguero, Sebastian Brezza. Sebastian Brezza plays in Italy for Bologna in the Serie A. He's made it. Matthew Noguera plays for Maratimo in the first Portuguese league. He's made it. And James Pentemis, yes, he played a season on loan at Valour FC in the CPL, but he's a backup at Montreal. And that's your starting goalkeeper. Okay, I don't agree with that, but fine. We're going to go with that. And on the top, okay, you have all these players here. You have Theo Bear from Vancouver Whitecaps. You have Mohamed Farsi from Cavalry FC. You have Balu Tabla from Montreal. You have Charles Andreas Brim from Muscron in Belgium. And then you have Tejan Buchanan on the New England Revolution. These guys barely play any minutes. And what's the problem that Canada has right now? Scoring power. You called up a player and you basically cut him because he didn't make the final 23 squad. And I'm talking about Chris Twardek. Okay? Who is Chris Twardek? Chris Twardek plays for Jagiellonia Białystok in the Polish Ekstraklasa. So the Polish First Division. Okay? He has 11 appearances for the first team. Okay? He scored a couple of goals. Okay, and he's also played in a Europa League qualification at the earlier in the season. So this guy's experience is phenomenal. How this guy is not in this team is mind-boggling, mind-boggling, because that's your only goal scorer in the in the forwards that I read to you. I'm sorry, but that's the truth, and that explains why you have garbage. Results when you tie Haiti 0 0. Abysmal game, abysmal performance. If you do not pick it up, you're going to get embarrassed by Honduras and you'll be lucky if you make it and get a spanking by Mexico or United States in the next round. So smarten up. It's too late now. Mauro Biello, rejig your team and find something to work. Okay, John Herdman has left you in charge to do this, and you better get the job done. At least be in the final four, because if you're not in the final four, it's an utter failure, and we go back down the same rabbit hole we always have with the Canadian soccer. And that's what I have to say about that. All right, I think that wraps up today's eventful day. I'm just in a bad mood. So international breaks, we'll get back to you soon. Probably after the three qualifier games are played out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be back after the three qualifiers. We'll talk about how Italy did on in general. Then we'll talk about City. We'll get back to match day 29 with predictions. And I'm sure there's going to be a whole bunch of news that comes up over the next 10 days. Hopefully nothing about Paulo Fonseca. Other than a contract extension. Anyway, until next time. Until next time. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi and Forza Roma. <laughs>